Hey guys, we're Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online for your business for less than $500 a month. We have been using the Workplay method to launch visual marketing strategies for businesses all over North America and Europe. If you are wanting to uplevel your marketing, we are giving listeners of the Workplay podcast an exclusive video bonus offer on their first workplace shoot for free when you DM us the word podcast. This offer is valued at $1,500. And again, we are giving this away for free. To claim this offer, go to at Workplay Branding on Instagram and DM us podcast to claim this exclusive free video bonus offer valued at $1,500. That is at Workplay Branding on Instagram. DM us the word podcast. Don't miss out. Welcome to the Workplay Podcast, where we deep dive into how to create a visual marketing strategy that actually moves the needle. Take a peek inside the minds of hundreds of Workplay members who have created successful visual campaigns that have generated millions in revenue. How many times are you going to say, I should get my photos done? I'm going to this month. I'm going to next month. <laughs> no, this is the month I'm getting my photos done. And then it's like, here's we're here a year later and we still are using the same 22 photos that you had from that photo shoot a year ago. So I think for me, it's just like being very proactive with like, when am I updating this and understanding the why behind it. I personally loved having not just photos, but having like B-roll, having videos. I think they're both really needed and I would never just put my eggs in one of those baskets. I want both for sure. I see the value in in having using them in different ways, if that makes sense. Stacey Tushel, welcome to the Workplay Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited to deep dive into how you've used the Workplay method to create visuals in your marketing and your business. But first, I want to just introduce who you are and what you do. So what is your business and how long have you been in business? So my business is Well-Oiled Operations. Um, we help small business owners get out of the day-to-day and start to hire, get systems in place, all of that. So the business is less relying on them. That business I've owned for over eight years. And then I have another business that is 21 years old. Um, We have children's dance music acting schools in Milwaukee. I have three locations. Cool, cool. And I'm curious because those are very, I, I feel like they're two separate industries, businesses. How did you make a switch from like running a dance school to yeah. more of an online business? Yeah. So um, about maybe nine years ago, I started to, I, I was building these like million dollar businesses and I was delegating like crazy. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't have that much left on my to-do list and I am a worker. I like to be busy. I like to work all of that. So for me, it was, it was like a bittersweet moment of like, wow, it's working. It's it's running without me, but I'm like, wait, they don't need me. Right. So I actually went on like a mission to find another business. So um, I literally said, I'm going to create another business, but I don't know what. And it took me a few months to like discover what I wanted to do. And I actually went to a conference. I'm a big like invest in yourself, like get in the room with the right people. So I went to an event. And when I was there, I actually told the person speaking, I said, yeah, I, I want to I want to do another business. And here's my background. And he said to me, there's like this whole world of 
people looking for people like you to coach them and consult them on what you've done. And you should be that. Like you should go teach other females, right? How to build a business that doesn't need them, right? So that's actually how it's, I, I was like, what are you talking about? I only go to in-person events. So I don't even know what you mean when you say like online business and all of that. So it was just like diving into a completely different world. But once I saw it, I was like, oh, this is for me. Like I could do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, you give off very like generator energy. Like, do you know human design? Do you know what yours is? Um, no, I think somebody has also, I know what it is. I've never done it, but I actually think somebody else called me that phrase as well. Yeah. Cause that's a very, I'm a generator too. So I'm like, I feel you like, okay, we get bored. We want to go on to the next thing. <laughs> so I'm curious cause you're such a systems person and I love systems. Like the workplay method is built off of this like creative system. Like how can we put creativity into a system? So have you always been systems orientated? Like where did this come from? I don't know that I've always like naturally been a systems person, but I saw what it was doing for me, right? If I would learn from a mentor and they'd be like, use this system. And then I would do it I'd be like, oh, it's so much easier when it's written down and you, right. I don't have to remember off the top of my head how to do something. And when I write it down, somebody else can follow it. So I don't know that I had the natural instinct of systems, but I started to drink the Kool-Aid of, wow, this is how I'm going to get out of this business. I feel like any systems person has that same response. It's, oh no, I've seen the other side of these systems and it can be really freaking good. Yeah. You've had these businesses for a while. I feel like there was this big boom of online business in like 2020-ish. There's been like a big boom of just business entrepreneurs in general, I think with the whole pandemic, this post-pandemic world. But it seems like you've kind of spanned through a lot of different seasons. So I'm curious to know, like, what were the early days like? Maybe it was like before you even had your systems in place. Like, what did that look like as an entrepreneur? It's just like throwing yourself out there, right? Like just trying, like seeing what works, seeing what sticks. I think where I went wrong is because I already was successful, like I already had a successful business. I made this assumption that I was going to be successful here very quickly, right? Like almost like an entitlement of like, I'm a seven-figure business owner. I'm going to come in and show you how to do it, right? And that did not go well, first of all, because it's a totally different business model and it's stuff I don't know yet, right? And I, I think I was expecting so much so fast that I wasn't grateful for what was actually happening. So if I would, you know, I would hear these people doing $100,000 launches and I would launch something and I would make like $16,000 and I would be like, oh, garbage, didn't work. Let's scrap that product, right? Versus like now I would be like, Stacy, people wanted it. You made 16,000, do that thing again and do it better and make 25,000 the next time, right? So I think like it was great because I had money to invest and to spend, but I was so entitled that I wasn't grateful for the things that were actually happening or like my expectations were so high that I was jumping ship to like the next best idea if it didn't work then. I totally agree with this. It's almost like you forget what it's like to be in building phases as a founder or CEO, because once you get to a certain level, you expect that. How do you navigate that when you're in transition? Because I could see this happening just like from people in corporate jobs 
going into their entrepreneurial journey and just being like, wait, I don't have a full corporate team to assist me. How do you get over that or through that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's humbling yourself, first of all. To like know you're starting over a little bit, right? You can't compare this to your corporate job or to whatever else you were doing before, right? This is a new experience, right? And I think then being grateful for the one person that follows you, the one like on that Instagram post, the one person to question something, right? I remember I I hired a coach and I was maybe like a year into business. And I said, I only have 10 people watching my Facebook lives, but if I had way more people, I know I could sell. And he's like, well, how many out of the 10 are DMing you after or like buying? And I, at the time, I think I might've been like one or zero or whatever. And he was like, listen, you don't have a volume problem. You have a conversion problem. If you can't convince like one of those 10 people, Hey, come work with me. Like, if I give you a hundred, you're not going to just start magically converting a hundred. Right. So I think for me, it's just like getting in there, getting your hands dirty, figuring out what they want, talking to your person, right? Like not being too good for some of those activities. Cause it was hard. I went from being this delegation machine to like not having to do much in my business to being a one man show and doing everything. I'm like, I don't want to be on Instagram. Like I already delegated this on the other business. Right. But like knowing like, well, if I'm not going to pay for it, I'm going to have to suck it up and do it temporarily. And that's just an early infant business. You're going to have to be in the weeds. I love being in the weeds of my business when I'm in on a new front of the business because it it allows you to understand everything fully and then delegate so much better. I'm, you know, I have my ideas on the answer to this question that I'm about to ask you, but why do you like, what do you think makes you successful? Like the certain traits that you have, because you've clearly built things that have been big and we'll talk about that in a second, but what do you think, what is the thing about you? That's almost like your superpower. Yeah. I think I'm very driven. I have been given a very good work ethic. I grew up in family construction business. Everybody worked their butt off, right? The guys were in the field. The the women were taking care of the kids 24-7. Like everybody like pulled their weight. And I grew up like my parents had an expectation of us pulling our weight. So I think because I am willing to put in the work, like there is nothing I'm too good for. Like I will do what I need to do to get it done. And I, I also think I'm very competitive, but I'm competitive with myself. So I think when people get competitive with other people, it's just this like never, you'll never be happy because there's always somebody like you, you beat your one competitor and then there's another one that pops up or there's a bigger one you didn't even know about. Whereas when you can compete against yourself, it's me seeing the growth in me, me seeing like what I'm able to accomplish today, like what else I've, how I've grown this year, all of that. It just feels so much better than competing with your competitors. So I, I think because I have that drive and I, I really do believe like I can build whatever I want, right? Like I, and I think you can too, right? So I, I don't know anybody hearing me think like, oh, she's so cocky. No, 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 no. Like I think I can have whatever I want and I think you can too. So the question is though, will you work for it? Will you work hard enough for it? Will you quit at some point? Because I'm not quitting. So I see a lot of online entrepreneurs pop up and I see a lot of them go away. And you're like, what just happened? Like, where did they go? What, what do you mean that they're not in business anymore? Like if you would have seen eight years ago who like the big dogs were in this space, a lot of them are not here anymore. 
And to me, that's just like not even a possibility. There is a 0% chance I will not be here in 10 years. Like I don't quit. I don't stop. And I think a lot of people quit too easily and they give up too often. You're like preaching to <laughs> me. I love this. I love this mindset because it's so true. I do. I think that it's underestimated how much you have to keep going. And that doesn't mean like you can't rest, but it's like this journey that we're all on is a constant go, constant yeah. go, constant go. So I kind of want to touch on what you've been able to do <laughs> because it is quite amazing. You've been able to achieve Wisconsin's small business person of the year in 2019. You're a best-selling author. You have a top management podcast with over 3 million downloads. I mean, like these are crazy successes. So I'm really excited to deep dive into how you've gotten where you are. What was the journey to getting here? How did these things happen for you? Yeah. I think like those things in particular happen because I will just go for something even if I don't think I'm qualified or capable, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to put myself out there no matter what you think of me or what I think of myself, right? So like a couple little mini stories. Um, I, you know, eight years ago started going live. They didn't even have Facebook Live. That's how long ago it was. They had Periscope. And I, I think that's what it was called. So I was live on Periscope every single day because it would go away 24 hours later. So if you didn't go live daily, people couldn't find you, okay? So I was like, I've never gone on camera before, but I'm just gonna do it. So I went live every day for an entire year on Periscope. And then Periscope started to fade but Facebook Live came in. And by the time Facebook Live came in, I had been going live every day that I was so comfortable on camera. It, I, I like had broken that barrier, right? So what's interesting is US Bank is my bank. And they said, hey, we are always trying to do case studies and testimonials of people that are phenomenal business owners that work with US Bank, but nobody wants to come on camera. And we noticed you go on camera pretty often and we thought, would you be interested in being one of our features for the month for US Bank? I was like, I'm in. So for me, I sucked on camera, like literally sucked on camera. If you go back and watch, I will never forget. I have a, we live in Wisconsin. We have a basement. And at the time the basement was unfinished. And I remember I was going live and my tripod like broke and my like camera flips up and it's like showing like the unfinished basement, like just such a disaster. Like I'm like just mortified, right? Like that's how I got started. But because of the consistency and I got good, all it took was US Bank to see a recent video and say, I bet she'd come on camera, right? So I go on camera, I share my story. US Bank flies all these people to my studio for free to shoot this highlight video for, their, for them to use on social media, okay? Then US Bank says, hey, there is this small business, United States Small Business Administration, and they are looking for like people we could nominate to win, okay? I don't know. We think your story's pretty cool and they'd nominate you if you're interested. And I was like, sure, okay? So like, let's just go back for a minute, okay? If I wouldn't have felt the fear of going live and just doing it, they would never have asked me for that feature. If they didn't ask me for the feature, they would never have nominated me for the small business award. Do you see what, like, I just say yes and I get things, right? I had a guy seven years ago, I've been podcasting now for seven years. I had this guy, he said to me, 
do you know what podcasting is? And I was like, yeah, I listen to podcasts. He's like, you just seem so conversational. I feel like you should have a podcast. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should. (laughs) And like within a week, I Googled how to start a podcast and I started the podcast, right? Somebody else said, you know what you really should do with your framework? You should write a book. I was like, okay. I have no idea how to write a book, but somebody else does. So I'll just find somebody else how to write it. Tell them what I want to say and we'll write it together, right? Like to me, there is nothing I cannot do because there is somebody who has already done it who is willing to teach me how to do it. Sometimes for free. Sometimes as an investment, but I'm willing to pay if you're going to condense time. Mm, mm. And how do you deal with like, so you're saying yes to all these things that you've never done. What would you tell someone that's just scared of, or not maybe scared, but just has like an underlying fear of failure? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Do you even feel that? Or is this just innate in you? Yeah, no, I definitely feel fear failure. And- (laughs) Of course, I care what people think about me. I mean, I try not to, but I still do, right? Mm -hmm. I have so many little stories. Like, I didn't tell my family I wrote a book until it was literally out in physical form, and my mom had it in her hands and said, do you want to tell me something? (laughs) Like, I was embarrassed, right? Like, they would be like, you wrote a book? Like, you're a dance studio owner. What do you mean you wrote a book? But of course... They were like, why wouldn't you tell us? We're so proud of you. What like what do you what do you mean? So I do think like the people in your life that actually care about you don't think those kinds of things. And the people that are mean and are rude, because trust me, I have lots of them, they don't care about me and they will never root for me, even if I do a good thing. So mm-hmm. to be afraid of those people, that was probably my hardest journey. Is I definitely have my haters, right? Whether it's old clients, old employees, old high school friends, like we have them for sure, right? People that, my competitors, they want to see me fail. And if I make decisions off of what they think of me, like there's just no way that serves me in any way. I love when you preach like this because it's so true. I want to switch gears to the fact that you have had a fast growing business and mm-hmm. you can tell me of what fast means to you. But I I do think a lot of people are constantly wanting to know like how can I get to where I want to go faster? Mm-hmm. So how do you as a CEO spearhead growth in your marketing in order to make that happen? Or maybe it doesn't have anything to do with your marketing. Maybe it does. I don't know. What does it look like to you? Getting really crystal clear. I think people are confused and they don't have clarity. And then because they're not clear on who they are, who they want to be, who they want to serve, what their product is, they're wishy-washy. And it's like, well, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try that. And then because you're being pulled in a million different directions, you just don't go anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Versus Mm -hmm. like, I am very clear on what I want and what is possible. So like when I commit to it, I'm like, let's go. So when somebody pitches me and says, hey, you know what we should do together? Or hey, do you want to be on this podcast? Or hey, do you want to? I literally go, well, that's where I'm heading. Does that help me get there faster or not? And it's a very quick yes or no, right? Like very quick. Okay, I've, I've offered an opportunity to work with a specific coach. I'm offered a mastermind. I'm offered a fill in the blank. Does this get me to my goal faster? If it's a no, it's a, I'm so sorry. No, thank you. Not in alignment with my goals right now. And if it's a yes, I'm in. Like we just had somebody, one of my salespeople said, I don't know what to say to this. This We were talking on a Saturday and the girl said, I only make money making decisions on a Monday. Like something to do with like horoscope and like it's money day, whatever. 
I totally believe that could be true. I'm not disregarding that. But I was like, listen, if I only made decisions about money on Monday, that's only 52 days. I make decisions about money 365 days a year. So if you want to move fast and you only make decisions on a Monday, we got a problem. You're going to move very slow. You're going to move a seventh of the speed that I'm going to move. Who's going to win this game? Because speed has consistency, frequency, feedback, data. I get that. And you don't if you're moving slower. Mm. Let's just say someone's moving as fast as they can. Yeah. How long should you expect a result to happen? If I'm consistently doing the wrong thing and I don't know I'm doing the wrong thing, what is that feedback timeline, at least on your standards? Yeah. I think it's it's not so much the length, but more so on like the, the, the volume or the eyeballs. So like we're running a new marketing campaign and we've got some initial numbers. The initial numbers look good. I don't have sales associated to it yet. And like my coach just said, you just don't have the volume on it. Like those numbers aren't bad, but we haven't spent enough to see if it's actually a winning like marketing funnel. So to me, it's not so long, like, well, how long is it going to take? It's like, well, how many people do I want to see it before I make, like, do I have, how much feedback do I actually have before I can make the decision? So you could run a marketing funnel and spend 10 bucks a day on Facebook, which will get you nowhere. And you might be there three months later saying I have no results versus if somebody pays a little bit more to get the feedback faster, they might get it much faster than you with the same funnel. I expect results fast, Mm -hmm. but I also don't go, oh, I don't have results. I'm going to scrap it. I'm like, I'm not getting results. How do I fix it? So every day I'm fixing my numbers. I'm I'm looking at my data and I'm saying, what can I do to make this better, stronger, faster, et cetera? Mm. And when you say data, you mean like things like traffic conversion rate? Correct. Okay. Okay, cool. But like, I mean, yes, but like anything. It could be how many people commented under our Instagram posts, started DMs with us. How many consults did we book? What did we close last week? Um, I mean, l- anything that is data-driven, we're lo- but not vanity. Like, I don't care how many likes I got, right? When I care about comments, it's because a comment is somebody raising their hand saying, I want this, I want more info. Could you define that a little more? Because I think that deserves a little more explanation because there are, like, so many people are so focused on the vanity metrics. Like, what constitutes as a vanity metric versus okay. something that actually moves the needle? Great question. Okay. So I'm just going to glance at my Instagram. I want to see how many followers I have right now. So, and do you, and just to show you, I literally don't know my follower account without looking because it's just not something I literally don't know until I look. So right now I have 76.7 thousand followers. That number doesn't make me feel good or bad. It doesn't have anything to do with my bank account. So I know people that have less followers than me that make more money than me. I know people with more followers, significantly more followers than me, that they're literally begging me to teach them how to make money, okay? So that's just not a number I care enough about to track. What I do want to know is how much money did Instagram make me last month? Mm -hmm. And I could tell you exactly how many sales came through, how many consults we had, right? Like I know last week they booked 12 consults just in seven days from Instagram and three of those people bought. That's what I care about. I don't care about followers. I don't care about likes. Now I do care about what am I doing on Instagram that's going to get me more book consults? Well, the more I post and the more I have like a call to action, 
right? We use some of our content we created together. We've got a good CTA. They comment a certain word and they get in our DMs and we start having conversations and it leads to a book consult, which leads to a sale. That to me is what's driving revenue. So Mm -hmm. if you said to me, Stacey, I could give you 100,000 followers next year, right? Or we could up our revenue 500,000 for the year. Like hands down, I'm going with the revenue, right? But so many people are not looking at revenue. They're looking at how many likes did I get? How many? I could not tell you the last time I looked at the number of likes on an Instagram post. Like it's just not even something I care about. Isn't that interesting when there's so many people and business owners just focus on like the algorithm and this and that? And it's just, it's very interesting to me. I think this is a really good segue into how you're using a visual strategy to fuel these very key KPIs, if you will. So I'm interested to know like why it's important to have these consistent visuals or just new visuals paired with the marketing strategy that you have and the way that you think about your business. Yeah. So for us, if people think, I've already seen this, right? it's hurting me because they're not hooked. They're not going to like pay attention. So you can't just keep using the same old, same old, same old, right? Like, and I always say too, like McDonald's is a great example of this. Have you ever seen a McDonald's in your like neighborhood, someplace close by you? And it's not even an old building and they knock the thing down from scratch and they start over and you're like, that is like a 15 year old. What is happening? Like who would do that? Why does McDonald's do that? Because people want new. They want trendy. McDonald's is a very old business, but nobody wants to go to an old business, the old diner. They want to feel like, oh, new kiosks, new whatever kind of burger. They're, it's not even new, but they make it look new, right? We want to look and feel new because people want trendy. They want cutting edge, right? They want the next best, greatest thing that's going to increase our status. So when you are using old stuff, you will be perceived, perceived right, as like, the opposite of the cutting edge of the trendy. And people don't want to identify with old. They Mm -hmm. want the hot trend that's happening. So to me, I'm trying to hook, but I'm also trying to show you, hey, this is new. You've never seen it before. So you want it to look and feel different. I mean, if you look like the same Instagram from 90 days ago or a year ago, it's just you're hurting the amount of eyeballs that are actually like stopping the scroll. I think people glaze over. Like it's like, oh, I've seen that picture of her. I've seen her in that same scene. So it's like, oh, I've already seen what she has to say about this. Yeah. Oh, it's a repost. Like I I already read it. Yeah. It's so interesting how our attention spans are so low right now, even with like TikTok and like short form video. It's like we want the information and we want things new. We want things fast. How do you know like what – to visually create? Like, how do you know what's the trend and how do you figure that out when you're busy doing specific marketing strategies in your business? So I do, I'm not the one that does my social media anymore. I have somebody on my team that does it. And one of the things that I put on her plate every week is to spend an hour researching, like consuming content, other people's content, right? And seeing the good ideas. And like, there are trendsetters. There are people that are always jumping on things fast. So you pick a few people that you really like that you notice are always quick to move on social a certain social media platform and you just watch and observe. Now, the good thing is, yes, that's great. It's trending. It's what's working, et cetera. It's working for them or they're testing too and it's not even working for them. They're just doing it. So what we do is we take that information and we ask ourselves, like we give our best guess of what we believe 
is going to be powerful and convert to our audience. So when I see a certain trend, I'm like, oh, this is a great example. When those two people videos came out where you pretend to be somebody and like you had a wig on and like you were in like a purple wig with glasses and then you were over here and you were talking to yourself. Okay. So my Facebook ads manager, this is such a great example. My face, this was that whole September, 2022, August, 2022. He goes, Hey, I need you to record one of these. And he sends me this video of this girl in a purple wig and crazy glasses. Now, Lyric, you know me, I am not a, I'm not a purple hair wig girl. That's just like nothing wrong with that. It's just, I'm not goofy. I'm not silly. I'm very serious. Right. Um, I'm like fun. What's fun. Like I have fun with talking data and numbers. Okay. So when he says, I need you to record this video, I was like, okay, sure. So then I give him all these ads and he goes, Hey, I don't see the wig video. And I was like, yeah, I didn't do that. He's like, I'm telling you, this is trendy. It is working. You have to do this. Like it's our best converting ad for all of my clients. Please get me a two person video. So I said to him, okay, I'm being true to myself. I'm like, could I have a second person in the video instead of pretending to be that person? He's like, yeah, sure. So I was like, okay, okay. Now who do I get? <laughs> like, that's great. But who wants to be in a video with me? I don't know. So at the time, my little, maybe like seven-year-old, she was like wanting a YouTube channel. And I said, hey, Tegan, would you like to record a video with mom? And we'll put you on YouTube, whatever. Okay. So she does it. It is such a hit. I, that ad has 10 to this day, still runs a year and a half later. T- uh, we have 10 million views on Tegan's oh channel. Okay. <laughs> Because it's my take on it, right? It's just different, all right? She has so much credibility and so much social proof. That ad is literally carrying my webinar at this moment, okay? But like, I didn't just look at that and go like, oh, everybody's doing it, so I should do it. It was like, I my person is a serious business owner. I don't know that they're going to like the purple wig. Like, this doesn't really make sense for me, but how could I take the concept and the idea and make it be like me? So I have Tegan pretend to be the struggling business owner, and I'm the expert. And then we send her over to the link. And yeah, that is a great example of like, we watch the data. So once we got her ad running, now it's like, okay, let's do more. Let's try it again. So we're just throwing spaghetti at the wall. And then it's like, bingo, that, that one out of 33 things we did worked. Let's go redo that one thing and do it a million ways. And let's just, we just try to, again, I'm not competing with anybody. I'm just like, how can I be better than me last week? Mm. And that's where we just see success. I think it's interesting when it comes to showing yourself visually, whether it's on a video or a photo, it's hard because it's such an identity for business owners. And when you have to break the identity a little bit to move the business forward, I think that's when it starts to get a little more uncomfortable and a little more like, uh, I don't know, but you definitely have to balance what your brand is and what's working and then find that middle ground between the trends. hundred percent. For sure. But I do think it's important to be trendy, but I think you have to, if you just copy everybody, then it's hard to stand out because everybody's doing it. Right. So trends only work if you're fast right? Mm-hmm. If you're slow, forget about trends. You're never going to be fat. It's going to be old news by the time you jump on it. Mm, that's a really good point. I'm interested to know specifically as you go through the workplay method, as you did, mm-hmm. how did you think about the workplay method being an asset for these visual things that you're creating in your marketing? Yeah. So I think it's just forcing yourself to get those updated materials. Like how many times are you going to say, I should get my photos done? (laughs) I'm going to this month. 
I'm going to next month. <laughs> no, this is the month I'm getting my photos done. And then it's like, here's, we're here a year later and we still are using the same 22 photos that you had from that photo shoot a year ago. So I think for me, it's just like being very proactive with like, when am I updating this and understanding the why behind it. I personally loved having not just photos, but having like B-roll, having videos. I think they're both really needed. And I would never just put my eggs in one of those baskets. I want both for sure. Mm-hmm. I see the value in in having using them in different ways, if that makes sense. So I think for me, it's like you need the consistency. You need to be thinking about having those assets. So whether it's you or your team, they have fresh content to pull from. Because you might be giving old assets to a social media manager, agency, et cetera, and you're like, and they're not doing well. And it's like, well... You're not setting them up for success. So can they do well if they're using the same old stuff you've been using for a year or two or three? I I don't know how many times I've said this to people. <laughs> it's like you need both. You need consistent a consistent system to create new and engaging visuals. But then you also need like whoever you're using to manage those visuals they need that too. Like you can't expect them to, I think people expect them to create the new assets when they can really only do so much, like you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, really. It's like they, you are giving them what you put into them is what you're going to get out. And if you're not equipping them with what they need, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. I'm interested to know, because I know that you're a big systems person, big delegator. When you get your workplay visuals back what does the backend delegation look like? Okay. So what's funny is, this is today. Like, this is not back in the day. But what's funny is, I don't even see we have them until they're on my Instagram. And I, and like, it's so funny because sometimes I'll even be like, I don't like that picture of me. It doesn't matter. It, if they liked it and it's doing well, they're keeping it. I don't get to be like, well, you see how my eye is kind of funny and I have like, it's not my angle. No, they don't. No, no, no. They're, they're, and it's almost better when it's not you because we are so critical. I'll be like, guys, see my hair? How it's like, like I don't see that your hair is like that. <laughs> I don't think we're seeing the same picture. I'm like, no, 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 my hair over there. It's like, they don't. So they're very not biased and they just pick what they think is like a good photo or a good video or whatever. So I truly do not see the assets until they're live on my social media and they're using them. So what it looks like is probably Bella, my social media manager, got everything. She went through and decided what she liked and she didn't, which again, she's she'll have way more I like this than I will because I'll be particular and hard on myself. And then from there she will start delegating to our VAs. So like we did B-roll with you, right? So now she's like, hey, VAs, we had a whole folder of B-roll. These are all approved for you to grab. So if she likes every one of them, she's going to throw them all in there. And it's like, grab whatever you want, go for it. So we don't ever put, like it used to be me being like, don't use those photos. These are the ones you can use and only use these videos. Now Bella just does that for me. She's like, here's an alignment, here's not, okay? And let's say, we go to do another one soon. Bella would tell you, hey, there's a few photos we didn't like because Stacy would only do X, Y, Z. So let's not do those. I actually don't believe that was the case. But like, I would continue like nurturing the relationship to be like, hey, listen, you got a few of these that I'm doing this and I will never use those. So let's not shoot those next time. So we're learning from that experience. The more you work with somebody, we already had worked together 
before. So we already kind of had like gone through that, right? The more you work to somebody, and that's why you want to keep the same person is because if I have to teach a videographer or photographer every time a new person, what I like and what I don't like, I'm like starting from scratch. But when I'm working with you guys consistently, like now I don't have to give a lot of direction at all. You just know, you're just like, we know how to do it. We know what worked and what we liked. And we can even show you like what we've been using consistently. And oh my goodness, when we did this B-roll, we use this all the time. Let's get more of that. Like you just start to learn from that information and, and go from there. I love that because you're able to work so much more efficiently. Do you give your team any kind of KPI, like when you were training them to do this, like on what you like versus not, or were yeah. you just, I'm just going to let go of this? Uh, no. <laughs> No, people think like I'm not a control freak or something because I let go. I'm like, no, 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 I let go in stages. So with like Bella, Bella came on and I was like, okay, here's my Instagram. Make sure it looks just as good, if not better, right? That's your guideline. Now send me your seven posts of what you think you're going to post with your seven pictures or your seven graphics or reels. Go do the work, but send it to me ahead of time. So week one, it's like, okay, we got three out of the seven correct. Here's what I loved about the three. Here's why they're going to stay. Here's what I want you to do for like four, five, six, and seven. Here's why I don't like it and why I would change it and like what I'm looking for, okay? So Bella takes that and she learns a little bit. So next week, maybe she gets four out of seven where I'm like, those four are great. Here's why I don't like these three. Could we tweak this? Yep, gathers that information, right? So we just started to get smarter and smarter and smarter together. And then pretty soon at one point, she got all seven right. And then the next week, all seven right. And maybe like the next week, six right. Okay, we're still like learning, right? But pretty soon, it's like every Friday, I'm like, looks good, looks good, looks good. And I do it so much, it's like, why am I approving this? I've not even given her feedback in two months. People do it too fast. They're like, oh, she got it right one time. She's good. It's like, yeah, this week. <laughs> Next week, it's a different story. So by the time Bella was here, like a year later, I probably was involved like a little bit. And then more so in the beginning, and then it fades. And about, about, about the one year mark, I trusted her enough to say, we're on the same page. You've got this. I don't need to approve it. I trust you. We're results driven. So she knows what she's after. Don't embarrass me. Make sure I don't put some weird photo of me on the internet. She gets it, right? Like we're in alignment. So we've been together now three years. So now I, I don't need to look at your photos. Like I also, Lyric, trust you guys. I've seen your photos. I have full trust and faith that I like the quality of the work. So I feel comfortable because we've worked together, passing those to Bella, knowing me and approving. I don't need to be involved besides just shoot my photo and let's go from there. You know you what know, I mean? Yeah. You know what's interesting about that and just this idea of like slowly handing it off is it's the same like you were saying with the creative team. The reason why you want to keep reiterating and like refining that relationship is so that by the one year mark, it's like a no brainer. It's like, it's just flowing. It's a machine between the two. So I do think there is sometimes a, almost like an expectation yeah. with creative teams and entrepreneurs of like, they're going to get it on the first time, every single scene. And I right. think that if you're able to work in a capacity with a creative team consistently, then you're able to get on the same page, but it does take time because everyone's human. You yeah. want humans in a creative process. I, I yeah. firmly believe that just because you want something that's going to be new and, and like very, very distinct to you. And you, you need human interaction for that yeah. to happen. 
I want to know like very granularly what your prep for a workplace shoot looked like because you are so on it from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I've been doing photo shoots for myself, like actual branding photo shoots for like eight years. So I have, and I, I practice what I preach. So I do them often. So I definitely know my, how to like prep for it. All I need to know is how many outfits do you guys need? That's the big thing. How many outfits? Like, what are we doing here? And that's what I needed from you as well as like, what props do you guys need? And then from there, it's, do I have it? Do I need to buy it? And it's like ready to go. So I love shooting in my home or someplace where there's like a bathroom. Like the worst is when I love some of my outside photos, but if we can't get to a bathroom fast and I can't change quick, it's hard. I've even gone so far as to bring one of those like tent pop-up things where I'm like changing in like a random thing in the middle of a park because you need, you need time to change. So to me, I want volume. I want as many outfit changes as possible. I always say to a photographer, I don't need 27 photos of me in that pink shirt. She's going to pick like three of them and put them on Instagram, right? So that's why you can't just hire any photographer because they will get you 27 photos in that shirt. And it's like, I need three good ones. And when you got it, like move on to the next shirt because we're never going to use that again because I want to stop the scroll. So to me, it's just like prepping as many outfits as possible. I've also learned that I'm just quick in general. I'm fast in whatever I do and strength and weakness sometimes, right? But if you tell me I need 15 outfits, I'm bringing 25 because you are judging me based off of everybody else you've worked with. And I know from experience that I will get through the 15 and we have two hours left and you're looking at me like, oh shoot, what do we do now? So anytime somebody says to me, like I've even gone and recorded like, hey, we're going to record 20 reels. I bring 30. I always bring more than anybody asks because they are shocked how fast I am. But I think I'm fast because I have put in the reps. So I don't need to do that thing 17 times. Like I do it so much that I can like, let's go. You want to do a photo shoot today? I could whip that together in 10 minutes and we could get started. I also think your self-awareness is super helpful for you. So like, you know that you are this way, even though we have a default, like, you know, yeah. whoever you're working with has a default, you can already see 10 steps ahead yourself in that process. Yeah. And I think that is a major superpower with working with anyone to get the most out of it and what you're wanting. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's worth it to do a content shoot, brand shoot, video shoot, photo shoot four times a year rather than once a year? And I know that you've tiptoed around this throughout the episode, but what explicitly, like, why do you think that's worth it for a business owner in general to do that? Yeah, we don't plan a year and a head. So we're so busy. We're like, wait, what are we doing next week? <laughs> what are we doing next month? So you aren't thinking that far out. So if you just plan one in the month of February, you're never going to remember. First of all, and because we're small business owners, we will decide September 27th, we're launching on September 28th. How in the world are you prepping your stuff for something you don't know exists? So to me, I really do think 90 days is like a great way to plan. I do know what I'm doing the next 90 days. I know what launches are coming up. I know what promotions, campaigns, et cetera. So I might say to you, Lyric, I really want to get this outfit and I want to dial it in for a website and a funnel and whatever. And I want to, I want to take more photos of just that photo for that promotion coming up. Okay. So I just don't think most people plan a year ahead and stick to the year, like the actual plan. I totally agree. It allows you to have flexibility too. Cause sometimes like just having the space allows you to pivot easier if you could give one piece of advice to workplace members going through this process, what yeah. would it be? 
you didn't have to convince me of this, but I feel like most people probably do need to hear this is you had said, get your makeup done, like get your hair done, buy the right outfits. Some, I, I'm, you don't have to convince me I'm doing that. But if you ever think like, oh, it's fine. I don't want to be too done up. I want to be too, if you're going to go through all this work, just do it. Get somebody you already know, like trust that can do your makeup really well, do your hair really well. I have, cause I'll get shoots done all over the country which means I'll have different makeup artists, different hairstylists, all that. And that makes me nervous. I'll never forget. I went to Texas one time and she was like, do you want volume? Well, Texas volume is different than Wisconsin volume. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, do I say volume? I don't want to like glue to my head, but I don't want Texas hair, right? Like no offense, Texas. It's just not my style. So I have like pictures of my favorite photo shoots up close, what my makeup look like up close, what my hair look like. So I can say, make me look like this hairstylists hate when you bring a photo of somebody else and say, make me look like her, it's like, you don't have her hair. We can never make you look like her. But when I say, make me look like this version of me, they're like, got it done. We can do that. Like you look like that before. We'll make you look like that again. Right? So find your style and then take those photos to say, this is what I want to look like. Right? Like really study that. I think that's so helpful because so many workplace members don't do their shoots in the same places, right? Like even you, like we had your shoot in Wisconsin, I think. And then we were, we did it like a little shoot in Florida. So it's like when you're in this process, you're able to jump around. So that is amazing advice. Thank you so much, Stacey. This has been a dream. All of your knowledge is such a treat to have on this show. Where can everyone find you and see all of these strategies taking place, your visuals, the whole nine yards? So for sure, the best place for you guys is Instagram because we're using all of the materials and content you've sent us. But you'll also see how we use it strategically to make money from Instagram. So our Instagram produces over six figures a month from organic Instagram. So when I say I invest in photos and videos, and of course I do. Like, why would I not do that? So if you go to my Instagram at Stacey Tushel, you will just go witness what's happening and play around with it. A lot of it's bots and automations and fun things like that. And there's humans in the background and you will be blown away. Like we have a really, really great strategy, but we couldn't do that strategy without the updated material. I love that. And we'll be sure to link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you. This episode of the Workplay Podcast is brought to you by Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online. In 2019, they revamped the Workplay method and have been using this exact process to launch businesses' visual marketing strategies all over North America and in Europe. Head over to WorkplayBranding.com to learn exactly how you can launch your visual marketing strategy and cohesive brand for less than $500 a month.